or we might work on um, goals around improving their the skill of visualization and being able to use that in a more deliberate way as they get back. That triathlon show, one hundred eighty. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, you'll hear yet another repeat guest. We've had quite a few of them recently. This time, it is sports psychologist and mental skills coach Carrie Cheadle, who was on in episode 97 to discuss mental skills in triathlon. But as we touched upon briefly then, one of her specialties is helping athletes that are struggling with injury uh, on the mental and emotional side of things. So as promised, she's back to talk about this specific topic. To hear more about Carrie, her bio, her rapid fire questions and all of that that you usually hear on the first episode that a guest is on, go back and listen to episode 97, scientifictriathlon.com forward slash TTS97. But for now, let's go straight into the interview after thanking our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that make electrolyte products for optimal performance and no more cramps. In their recently published annual cramping survey results, uh, which uh, they published uh, under the name Are Athletes Winning the War on Cramp? They have some great interesting stats that uh, I mentioned once before, but I'm going to mention them again for new listeners. And that is that 27% of athletes suffer from cramp often, as opposed to just sometimes or rarely. And that's one in every four athletes suffer from cramps often. That's uh, that's insane, really. Uh, men suffer more than women, and athletes that are 35 years or older suffer more often than those that are younger. And they split those age groups up into smaller groups. It's not, not just two groups with one that is... Tra- 35 up and one that's 35 down but uh, basically after 35 there are pretty small differences between the groups and uh, the same for under 35 or small enough that uh, that 35 seemed to be where you could make the the biggest distinction so check out all of those results in detail there are a ton more things that are very interesting to learn and can help you if you are one of those that's even if it's just sometimes suffer from cramps, I'm sure you'll find something useful that might help you. And another thing that might, of course, help you is to use their electrolyte products. And you can get your first box or tube of electrolyte product for free when you use the promo code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps, on precisionhydration.com. This episode is also sponsored by Stack. They create the world's most quiet indoor bike trainer and it has tons of other great features. Since your wheel is not touching any sort of flywheel of the trainer, there's no friction, no real wear, no wear and tear of the wheel or tire. All those sorts of things are 
things that make the stack zero great. You can fold it and keep it under your bed. For me, living in one small room in a flat chair, that's great. I don't have a ton of space. So being able to store the trainer under the bed is a godsend. And as I mentioned before, they within April, you can pre-order their new variable resistance trainer with a discount of 150 euros on stackzero.com forward slash pre-order. And try that discount code TTS20 that will give you 20% off any uh, of their normal trainers. And as I mentioned in the previous episodes as well, you can you can see that I'm I'm batching my episode recording here. But no, I still don't know if you can combine that code uh, with the pre-order discount. But it doesn't hurt trying, right? So so do try it. And if it doesn't work, then 150 euros is still a pretty darn good discount anyway. And remember that you can buy their current versions of the trainer when you pre-order so that you get a trainer right away if you need one and start riding now. And you'll still get all the same discount, of course, but then you'll get a small upgrade kit when they release the, the smart trainer, variable resistance trainer later, so that your current trainer can be upgraded to that variable resistance version easily in September when these new versions ship. Again, that's stackzero.com and stackzero.com forward slash pre-order. So there we go. Let's hear the interview with Kerry Cheadle. So today's guest on that triathlon show is a repeat guest, Kerry Cheadle, who was on in episode 97 to talk about mental skills and uh, the psychology of triathlon and she's back now welcome Carrie how are you I'm good Uh, thanks for having me back again I'm good how are you doing I'm really good and uh, yeah as we talked about already in that interview we knew that uh, you kind of have have an area of expertise of recovering from injuries in terms of the mental uh, mental side of that recovery process and and how to deal with injuries so so that's something that we said that we might uh, bring you back on to discuss and uh, that's why we're here now so tell us what's uh, the latest news on that from uh, from your side well from um from my side <laughs> i think what's interesting it's funny because I'm seeing more and more articles like in popular media about this topic, which is, it's always fascinating to me to kind of see like, um, when I get really excited about something, if it starts to happen in the the greater universe. So I I think that this is, people are starting to recognize a little bit more that, um, you know, when you're physically injured, it's, um, your, your sort of first experience of what's happening is, is very much in your body, right? Like you're physically injured. So you're, you're very consumed with, um, you know, healing the body and, and doing your rehabilitation for the body. And people don't often or always recognize that, that there's a mental healing process that has to happen as well. And there's sort of a mental rehabilitation that has to happen in conjunction with that, um, for some athletes in order to come back, um, into their sport, feeling like, you know, come back with confidence and feeling like they're, they're the same athlete, if not better than they were, um, before their injury. So it's really interesting kind of to see, um, I'm just, I'm hearing a little bit more about, um, people recognizing, man, there's this whole mental recovery aspect to coming back from injury that we haven't really been paying as much attention to as maybe we need to. 
And I'm hearing that uh, there's a book coming out on that uh, topic as well. Yes, there is. There is a book coming out on that topic, which I happen to be a co-author of. <laughs> so me, my myself and my co-author, Cindy Kuzma, um, we're both just incredibly passionate about this topic. And, um, and I sort of recognized, as I did with my first book, that, man, there just isn't really a good resource out there for athletes on this of like, you know, athletes, every injured athlete I talk to recognizes that, um, you know, coming back from injury is a pretty big emotional roller coaster and for some more than others. And I can talk a little bit about that later, but, um, you know, so I just, uh, you know, her and I are passionate about this topic and we thought, you know what, this resource isn't out there and it needs to be. And so we've got a book coming out, um, on this topic, uh, from Bloomsbury, which is a publisher based out of the UK. And, um, it's going to be, um, it's projected to come out in 2019. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll hear more about the exact dates a bit later, but uh, people can obviously follow you and we'll have all those links in the show notes so that people can stay up to date with what's going on as more news about that book are released. But let's talk about the actual topic. Uh, So, and you mentioned a little bit like how people react uh, mentally as well as physically to to an injury and what is kind of the typical way that people react or respond to having an injury but now that we if we talk about stick to the mental side of things sure so um you know what what we usually see is a lot of um there's a big emotional reaction at the onset of injury. So right when it happens, and then again, a big um, sort of emotional reaction as you get close to uh, being cleared to come back into competition or get back into your sport. So it sort of has a couple peaks. Although I will say there's, um, you know, there's diff- there's definitely different emotional reactions that, that are happening throughout the entire process. So I talk whenever I'm working with an athlete on it or like pr- presenting on this topic, I talk about it like um, the language I use is that it's in a, you're kind of on a, an emotional roller coaster. So you, it, you know, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're upside down. <laughs> like it really is. And sometimes that's happening all in one day. Like you could have a day where you you experience a multitude of, of emotions um, from like, feeling sad to angry to hopeful and excited to guilty. And, you know, that can, you know, those emotions are happening throughout the process, but they can also all happen in one day. So it really is, um, you know, a real emotional and psychological experience as well as a physiological experience, this idea of coming, you know, recovering from, from your injury. Um, so it, you know, a typical, um, you know, the emotions that are the most, um, identified for injured athletes is, uh, is depression and sadness. And, um, just at that loss, um, of your athletic identity is a really big, um, a really significant factor. And then also the loss, um, you know, the loss of just not being able to use your body the way that you want to, and the way that you're used to, and also the loss for a lot of people of their social outlet and um, some of the relationships that you have through your sport. So there's, uh, you know, there's some grief that's happening through the process of not being able to participate in your sport and and having to be on the sidelines. Um, and then, uh, you know, so so those are some of the main 
kind of the depression and sadness is one of the main emotions that people will report. And then the other one is anxiety. And that is with, um, you know, another very common, um, for some athletes, not for everybody and not for every injury, but a very common reaction, um, emotional reaction is fear of re-injury. And just like, can I trust that body part? And especially as you get into different aspects of training again and using that body part in different ways, both trusting the the body part, sort of anxiety around like, is my shoulder going to be able to handle this? Is my knee going to be able to handle this? And then also um, fears around pain and trying to figure out what pain is normal and And it's like, okay, to push through and what pain is a signal that you need to back off. And then also just fear of re-injury of what, what if I get injured again and have to start this whole process over again. So those are some of the most common reactions that we see to injury. And and if we, should we try to control these reactions or emotions somehow, Uh, is is there a good way or a bad way to respond? That's a really great question. And I would say, no, there isn't necessarily a good way or a bad way to respond. There are ways that might be more facilitative to the healing process. So we know that, um, you know, your level of stress, um, not only, well, your level of stress can have an effect on your whole experience, your entire rehabilitation experience of, you know, whether or not you're doing your rehabilitation the way that's been prescribed and also just it can affect the healing process as well. So, you know, anything that you can do to empower yourself to manage the amount of stress you're under, which is hard, which is, I always feel bad saying that to my injured athletes because it's like, you know, one of the most stressful things you might face as an athlete is being injured. But, you know, it's, it's so key and so important to um, you know, think about ways to help manage that. And so a lot of the work that I do and a lot of the tools that I suggest are around, um, you know, stress management and, and kind of, uh, you know, accepting the place that you're in and moving forward from that place. Cause it's really, what would some examples um, of, of that be of how to, to manage stress at the tool? Yeah. Well, um, one is, you know, d- different breathing exercises and, and meditation. So sometimes I'll often suggest like um, checking out the Headspace app or there's d- all kinds of different great meditation apps now, like guided meditation apps. Um, I think Calm and Budify and Headspace just to proactively work on your relaxation response, so to speak. Um, so, and it gives you something that's something that's in your control because it's really easy to focus on all the things that are out of your control and all the things you can't do when you're injured. So, um, you know, really thinking about the things that you still can do and the things that will help you with your recovery. I, um, you know, I, my philosophy on this idea is you're still an athlete But now your sport is your recovery and all of the energy you were putting into competition and being ready to compete and your sport and enjoying your sport, that energy now needs to go into your recovery. This is just a part of your athletic journey. It's a part of, it's a part of being an athlete. So you're still an athlete. You just, your playing field is a little bit different. (laughs) So, um, so relaxation is one. Another one that I'll often have people do is, um, you know, think about things that bring them joy or make them laugh to balance out some of the stress. 
that they're, um, that they're experiencing. So I'll have them like, you know, think about their favorite funny movies that they love or people in their life that, you know, when they're with those people, they can't help but smile and laugh and, and, and set goals, like be very proactive with setting goals for having experiences that bring that type of joy in every week. Um, so there's, those are just a couple examples. There's all kinds of different things, um, depending on where people are at in their injury recovery process that I might, that we might be working on to help um, them navigate that. So uh, regarding goals, by the way, is, is that something that you also work with your athletes about? Like when, when to adjust your goals, if you have a race coming up and you get injured and you had some big or small goal for it, uh, is, is that something that, that you have uh, any, any advice about? Absolutely. Um, that's a, a significant part of the process is making sure that you're adjusting your goals. And the reason for that is we, you know, especially as athletes, you gauge your feelings of success based on the goals that you've set for yourself. And if you don't consciously adjust those goals, you might be psychologically still gauging your feelings of success based on the original goal that you set, which is no longer realistic, which is no longer something maybe that you're going to be able to do because of um, coming back from injury. So it's really important to adjust your goals, um, you know, and have specific injury recovery and rehabilitation goals and gauge your feelings of success based on those goals, because that's going to feed your feelings of motivation and confidence. But if you're in the middle of your rehabilitation and you're still, all you can think about is how you're not going to be able to accomplish your goal, which is the original goal, it, that can have a detrimental effect, um, you know, on your feelings of confidence and motivation moving forward. And we know that one of, um, in terms of success rates and coming back successfully from injury, one of the biggest factors is whether or not the athlete has, uh, you know, uh, committed and uh, to the rehabilitation program that's been laid out for them as it's been written. So they're not doing more than that and they're not doing less than that. Um, and so, you know, anything we can do to help make sure that they're staying motivated and confident through that rehabilitation process becomes really important. So, so how could you for specifically formulate one of those uh, rehabilitation goals? Can you give a couple of examples maybe? Yeah. So, you know, to, uh, it depends on the injury and, um, and, if, and you might be doing this with your treatment team. Like you might be doing this with your athletic trainer or your, you know, somebody on your medical team. And, you know, an example might be, um, they might help you identify targets for, say, if you have some kind of knee injury and, um, you're working on range of motion and there's like a way that they measure that they're going to measure like your, how far your knees able to bend basically. So you might set a specific goal for, um, uh, what percentage you want to be able to bend your knee by a, a certain date. Um, and so then you're gauging your feelings of success based on that specific goal. And also knowing that you might have to adjust those goals along the way as well. Cause sometimes we'll identify a goal and not realize, Oh, you know what? I put that goal out there, but maybe I wasn't quite realistic with the timeline because I just didn't know what my body was going to be able to do. So that might be an example of one goal, or you might, um, 
you know, sometimes we'll work on setting goals for some of their mental training and, um, you know, looking at, okay, here are the things you can't do, but what are some of the aspects of your game or your fitness that you would be able to improve on now that might help you once you get back? So, you know, we might set some, uh, they might set goals around uh, working deliberately on their core and strengthening their core if that's something that they're still able to do with their particular injury. Or we might work on um, goals around improving their the skill of visualization and being able to use that in a more deliberate way as they get back. So sometimes the goals we might be working on are, are things that um, are going to serve them really well once they come back into their sport. And, and I guess that, that second part with visualization and other mental skills factors is something that people can go back to to our previous episode in ninety seven and uh, and uh, listen to that to find out some of the ways that they can they can work on that. But I want to dig a little bit deeper still. Like if I guess many athletes they they haven't really done that. So uh, without going into into how exactly you do you do the mental skills training or mental fitness if an athlete is injured and have the time now to spare to work on that mental fitness instead what would be your top one or two recommendations to to start working on visualization is definitely one that um can be incredibly beneficial as well as meditation and breathing so not only are those going to help through the injury but those are skills that are going to continue to serve you. So deliberately working on improving those skills during this time is a really good use of your time um, at, at when you're an injured athlete. And actually the Headspace app, they've added um, a sport section and they have some uh, they have some visualizations on there that are specific to injury. So um, you know if you're wanting to have a guided uh, imagery you know or, or visualization, it, that's a nice place to start. Uh, otherwise, like there's so many different uses of visualization while you're injured. So you can use it. Um, to, so basically when you're engaging in that, your your brain is using the same preparatory neural pathways as if you're actually um, doing that skill, but the motor skill part is blocked. The execution of the motor skills blocked, but all the other neural pathways are the, the preparatory pathways are the same. So you could see yourself, um, you know, visualize yourself competing and visualize yourself doing certain skills. Um, sometimes I'll have athletes, if they're working on a particular, they're doing maybe a new rehabilitation exercise, and maybe they're feeling a little bit nervous about whether or not their body's ready. We might have them visualize their body, like right there in rehab, visualize themselves doing it, and then actually do it to see how that helps. Um, you can also use a healing visualization. So imagining, you know, depending on what your injury is, imagining your body repairing itself um, and seeing it healing and, um, and coming back strong. Um, people also use it, you know, you can use it for motivation just to see yourself competing again. So I will say, you know, for some athletes, um, depending on where you're at with your injury process, even visualizing some of this stuff might produce anxiety and so maybe you're just not quite ready for that yet, for using that tool. Um, you know, so you might be using other tools. Um, I'll also have people, you know, write 
injury affirmations. Um, so affirmations are like powerful, positive statements stated as if they're already true. So these are, you know, they're statements that you can kind of pull out on your piece of paper, you know, and write down like, you know, six to eight different statements and be able to read those to yourself in moments when you're feeling down or frustrated, um, or doubting yourself and doubting your ability that you can read through those and help remind yourself, uh, I'm getting stronger every day. I can handle the challenges of my injury recovery, you know, just statements that kind of get you through, um, those times that it's, it can be challenging when you're injured. And earlier when you mentioned, you talked about fears, I guess one of the most common fears, uh, for, uh, I think at least, that, that would be my guess that athletes have is that uh, when they get back that they won't be anywhere near as fit. They will be very unfit, especially if it's a long injury. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, so how do you suggest that, that athletes tackle that fear and uh, work on that? That's a great question because that's definitely another common another common fear is uh you know you're injured and not only are you f- worried about oh my god I can't part- I can't participate in my sport I can't um what if I get re-injured you're also sometimes preoccupied with I am losing fitness while everyone else is gaining it and um and the f- the fear of like I'm going to get back into my sport and not be as fit as I was and, and part of it is accepting that is true. That is true. You probably won't be um, as fit as you were before you were injured, you know, if you were training on a consistent basis, because you haven't been, been able to. And so one thing is to, um, there's a couple of things that become important in this situation. One is I, I tell, I tell athletes like your, your recovery is never going to happen as fast as you want it to ever. Even if you're, if you're only out for a week, you want to not be out at all. So no matter how long it takes, it's never going to happen as fast as you want it to. So to just settle in um, and be okay with how long your body needs to heal. And then also letting yourself know your fitness is going to come back. It's, it's not a matter, you know, for, you know, to, uh, making the assumption that this is an injury you're going to be able to recover from. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, like, don't, you know, it, it's going to come back. And that's again, where making sure you're adjusting your goals is really key. Um, because if you're, you know, getting back into your sport and then to training and you're out there and you're still just comparing your ability right now in this moment in your recovery, you're comparing that to what you were doing in your level of fitness before you were injured, it can have that detrimental effect your feelings of confidence. So you really have to accept this is where I am right now. Where do I want to be tomorrow? Where do I want to be next week based on where I am right now, not based on what I was capable of doing before I was injured. You don't worry about that. That's not something that's in your control right now. Um, You'll get there eventually, but right now you need to focus on where am I right now and where do I want to be tomorrow? Yeah, a personal anecdote. I was uh, at our team's uh, track practice a couple of weeks ago and uh, just running very easily with my boggy knee and uh, the rest of the team was doing really hard lung busting intervals. And and then when I stopped my (laughs) short, easy run a few laps around the track, I 
was standing there with my coach and uh, and talking with him and we were looking at all the other uh, people running and running really well and I was saying man when I get back I'm going to be running with the girls <laughs> so but that's, uh, but that's and he said yeah and and that's probably that might be true <laughs> but uh, it's all about accepting that I guess and and then taking it from there so uh, good uh, yeah good very good advice I think that that's uh, most of the things that I have uh, to ask you from you today. Well, it, one one more thing. So it's, let's say that we have injured athletes that are listening now. What are, if we lay it out in like very short, very simple action steps for them, what would be the, the things that they should start doing today? Yeah, um, I actually, <laughs> excuse me. The first thing I would say is sign up uh, you know, come be a part. If you're on Facebook, uh, I have a, um, it's called the injured athletes club and it's a group, uh, of just injured athletes that are there to support each other through all of the trials and triumphs of being an injured athlete. So that's one thing is, you know, it can be, it can feel really isolating when you're an injured athlete and the people around you don't totally get it. And sometimes, inadvertently might say things that feel hurtful or um, unhelpful. (laughs) And so, you know, it's really neat to see all of these um, injured athletes communicating with each other and just supporting each other through the process of being injured. So it's kind of like finding your tribe while you're, you're injured. Um, It is really, really powerful. So, you know, making sure that you're reaching out for support is a, a pretty important one. So the Injured Athletes Club is a way that you can do that for yourself. Um, proactively seek out support. Um, you know, uh, you know, and you can also seek that out from people in your life as well. Um, you know, coaches and teammates and friends and parents. Um, and just know that uh, you, you know, you're, it's kind of like you're building your own team right now of, um, you know, maybe you're, if you're participating in a team sport or, um, you're part of a club, uh, that you train with, you, you miss out on that camaraderie and having all of those like-minded people, um, in that place that kind of feed your energy and, and excitement for your sport. And, and when you don't have that, you have to build a different team for yourself, which is your injury recovery team. Um, so, you know, being proactive with doing that for yourself is a kind of a key part, um, of that injury recovery. And also, you know, I have all kinds of, um, different blog posts on my website that are specific for injured athletes and different tips and tools that you can use for yourself, um, to help you navigate this whole injury recovery process. Um, I think the other thing to know that I, you know, another aspect that I see people struggle with is for some people, they, they might have recovered totally fine from, you know, injuries in the past. And all of a sudden with this particular injury, they find themselves nervous or they find themselves having a hard time coming back. And so to just know that that's normal too, that just because you haven't struggled with that, with your other injuries and other recovery, that, that sometimes this happens. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to psychologically recover from this injury. You just have to have the tools to be able, you know, it's just not something you had to do in the past. You just need the tools to be able to work on that moving forward. Um, I would say the other tip um, that can be helpful is creating your own 
sort of hierarchy list, like your, um, I call it the anxiety pyramid. So you're just brainstorming a list of all the different things that have you feeling a little bit uncomfortable or nervous as you think about them with your recovery from things that are just like, give you a little tiny nickel of anxiety all the way up to the one that's like the big mother. Like you don't even want to write it down because it produces so much anxiety. Um, so you kind of have your, and you build your pyramid and on the bottom are the ones that maybe produce the least amount of anxiety. And that's where you want to start working on your goals and working on, um, that's where you want to start building your confidence back up is just looking at how can I set a goal around that one that just gives me a little bit of anxiety and work on that until I feel solid with that and then think about going to the next step. So, you know, don't push yourself more than you're mentally ready for. Um, so I'll have that sometimes, you know, often with, you know, sometimes you're, you're physically ready before you're mentally ready to get back into competition. So really make sure, making sure that you've done both your physical and your mental rehab. All right. Uh, brilliant. And uh, I guess that uh, that's about it because we have already completed the, the rapid fire questions with you on our last interview. So uh, Carrie, <laughs> thanks a lot for, for coming on. And, and as we mentioned at the beginning of this interview, people can well first of all if they go to your facebook group which we'll link to in the show notes then they will probably through there be able to follow the updates with your book i would assume as well yes yes absolutely yeah. brilliant and uh and all the other things as usual will be linked to in the show notes your website currychill.com and uh, yeah uh, or everything yeah everything will be linked up so Kerry, thanks a lot for coming on uh is there anything else that you want to mention before we close off this interview I think that's it. Um, good luck on your injury recovery. You can do this. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I will. I have my goals. We have my with my chiropractor. We're actually uh, kind of measuring the autonomic nervous system uh, response, and that's improving a lot. So nice. that's kind of working on the functionality. But now it's just getting the actual pain to go away. So it's more of a tissue healing thing, which takes some time. But I'm very positive about it awesome. so one more thing that i can mention from a personal experience by the way is that one thing that i think is uh, working well is to look at uh, examples of athletes that have come back really well from injury like for example yeah. alistair brownlee ha having a, a hip surgery uh, this last autumn and now a month or so ago or even just a couple of weeks from when we record this interview uh, he just crushed the half ironman in uh, uh, in Dubai, uh, I think, and uh, did a sub two hour bike ride and uh, like just crazy fast times so, and won it by a landslide. So, so that's a good example. He, it wasn't that long ago that he was had that surgery and couldn't train at all, but then he came back and was <laughs> super fast anyway. So, so I think those examples can be useful of other athletes that have done it. Absolutely. All right, uh, Kerry, it was uh, great talking to you again and uh, yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, I really hope that you enjoyed that interview. A few key takeaways is, uh, for me at least, the, the thing about goal setting and uh, adjusting your existing triathlon goals 
when needed and making new rehab and recovery goals instead plus even other complementary goals like uh, working on your your visualization to that will be able that will help you get that better performance when you get back to racing because you will be stronger or be able to mentally be at the top of your game so adjust your existing triathlon goals and make new goals that are related to rehab and complementing uh, skills to your normal swim, bike and run. Second, tuning in on that visualization aspect, work on that because that can help both with your specific recovery from injury and your rehab, make you get back to health faster and again later on in your triathlon performance. And work on breathing and meditation to manage that stress, which uh, may may impair your recovery process, make it go slower, or even prevent you from recovering altogether if the stress is too big. Finally, accept that your recovery is never going to happen fast enough. That will help you not be as down about it, and uh, that's uh, not being down about it is not going to help anybody. So. It's better to just accept that uh, that it, it will happen at the rate that it happens and of course do your best to make it happen as quickly as possible but uh, don't have any unrealistic expectations and know that however fast it happens you would of course in in, in an ideal world wish it to happen even faster. So as usual you can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com and if you have questions or comments about this episode or any other episode, then leave those comments and questions on the show notes page and I will get back to you and answer right there. In the next episode, I will talk about tapering for triathlon. It will be a solo episode and I will dive into the research, but I'll also give you some examples of practical examples, how to design your taper week or weeks, etc. So you will have both sides of the coin, the practical and the scientific. By the way, I'm thinking of actually making a couple more episodes like the one I did with my teammate and coach in episode 106, where I interview age group athletes like yourself about your triathlon story and things that you've learned that may be useful for other listeners to hear. So if you'd like to be interviewed on that triathlon show, send me an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's Michael with a K and tell me a bit more about yourself and uh, and what we could talk about during the interview. You do not have to be an age group world champion or anything like that. It's just as fine if you recently completed your first sprint triathlon. That's absolutely just as good because then we can discuss that journey from a complete newbie to completing your first race, which is equally important to going from very advanced to age group world champion if we have any age group world champions champions in the audience so i really look forward to hearing from you send me those emails again to michael at scientifictriathlon.com finally thank you so much to our sponsors stack is the go-to company to go to if you're looking for a new bike trainer 
Again, I use it myself. I personally recommend it. And go to stackzero.com forward slash pre-order to learn more about that new variable resistance version that is coming out in the fall of 2018. And it has a great discount, but it's only valid in April, so you need to act quickly. But for any of the normal trainers, you can also use the discount code TTS20. That will give you 20% off a trainer that is already incredibly affordable uh, compared to other trainers with similar features. And thank you to Precision Hydration for sponsoring this episode. If you want to learn a bit more about hydration, check out their cramping survey and all the other great blog posts that they have under the hydration advice tab on their website. For example, recently there have been great articles on hydration for older athletes. That's uh, just one example, but there are all sorts of specific topics that are covered under the big umbrella of hydration there so that you can learn more. And uh, it's really in-depth quality content it's not fluff so i highly highly recommend it of course on precisionhydration.com you can buy their electrolyte products and you can get your first order for or box or tube for free when you use the discount code that triathlon show all one word and all caps thank you as always for listening keep training smart and keep loving triathlon